This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Dan Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now. Good Wednesday morning to you. God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us here on September 16th, halfway through the month of September. Man, we are entering into six months soon. Six months of the nicest weather of anywhere on the planet. Yeah. Florida is a great place to live, isn't it, Pastor Mark? It is. It is. And so we're getting ready for it, man. I'm we're, excited about it. <laughs> we're excited about it not being 95. Yeah, exactly All right. All day, every day, <laughs> plus the humidity matching that, 95. <laughs> so uh, we are glad you joined us, though, taking time out of your busy day to join us on Morning Breath. We are a drive-time devotion. Sure to jumpstart your day. We do that by reading a chapter of the Bible, spending some time in the Bible. Uh, That's what I do. I read the chapter, spend about 30 minutes, sometimes 45 minutes, uh, just looking at the chapter, praying, asking God to speak to me and uh, speak to my heart during uh, during my time with with him and with the Lord through his word. And then we come down here to a studio that we have in the Merritt Island campus. We read the chapter on the air, and then we talk about wherever God leads us after we read it. Uh, We kind of just jump in wherever we feel led. And uh, that's why uh, we kind of call it morning breath, because the Bible says every word of God is God breathed. This is a living book uh, full of living words out of the heart and the mouth of God speaking to you and speaking to I. And we just want to get into those today. How you doing, Pastor Mark? I'm great, Pastor Dan. You know what you said there about uh, we go where we feel led. And it made me think, I'm trying to remember if it was you that told the old joke about carrying sinkers around in your pocket. Yep. If you ask somebody to do something, they say, well, I don't know if I feel led. You hand, them a, one. <laughs> hand them a sinker and say, now you feel led. Now get busy and do something for God. Yeah. Amen. Well, as you feel led, and we'll mail you a sinker if you need it, uh, jump on the Morning Breath um, guide uh, via the East Coast app or our website, eccc.us. The Morning Breath guide is what will tell you where we're uh, going to be on Morning Breath, what chapter we're going to be reading. Uh, it'll tell you where we've been. You can get caught up if you're behind. Yeah. You can listen to the podcast and, and uh, listen to past episodes or listen to the current show, uh, however you're receiving that. So the East Coast app and the uh, the website are the best ways to do that. But you can also call our office, 321-452-1060. We can email or mail you a guide as needed. And uh, while you're online, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Yeah, love to have you there. And if you want to see something really cool, you can go and check out the Morning Breath podcast with Pastors Matt and Pastor Jessica, where they do the Monday edition of Morning Breath. They do it on a podcast. You can watch. You can actually see. Yeah. So you can check and see if their radio voice fits their face, yeah. <laughs> which is very rare that it does, but in their case, it probably fits pretty good. Yeah. I yeah. thought you'd be taller. Yeah. yeah. I thought you'd be shorter. I thought you'd be this. I thought you'd be that. And somebody once said, I had a great face for radio. Okay, moving right along. So we are going to be reading uh, chapter 6 of Galatians, finishing up that book. Yeah. And uh, both Mark and I read from the New King James. Not a very long chapter, 18 verses. Uh, if we had different translations, I'd say maybe we'll each read read the whole thing yeah. in a different translation, but we don't. So we'll read it from the New King James, and I'll read. There are 18, so I'll just read the first nine, let you take it up at 10. And even though there's a little break there, it's okay. I, I don't see that as a as a big uh, a big place there to break. So I'll read through nine. You can read uh, ten through uh, eighteen. All right, let's do it. I say unto you, Pastor Dan, read, sir. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. 
bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Verse 10, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. See with what large letters I have written you with my own hand. As many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh, these would compel you to be circumcised, only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Amen. I didn't get the first one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Amen and amen. Yeah, this is one of the ones where Paul actually ends it with, so be it. And he did that quite a bit uh, at the end of a chapter. That's really kind of a... End of a letter would be a better way of saying it uh, instead of just the end of a chapter, but the end of a letter when he wrote one to somebody, he was kind of putting the putting the finishing touches on a message that he gave to a church group, and this would have been sent to a, you know a church in a city, and then they would have read it, and then I don't know what it would have been like. I would have loved to have been there when this first came in to yeah. the church and how excited everybody was just to get a letter from Paul, Um, you know, we in this day and age that we live in kind of take for granted how free our access is to the Word of God. Mm. I remember when I first became a Christian and people were still, you know, this was talked about anyway. I don't hear much about it anymore, but they were smuggling Bibles into China because people were so desperate for the Scripture and that what they would do would be take the Bible apart and each person in the church would take a few pages home, and then the next time they gathered, exchange them, and then take a few pages home and exchange them. And they were fighting for the opportunity to get this, these words in their lives. And uh, I think we take for granted today, because we are, even from my, in my lifetime, I've watched the Bible go from something you felt like you paid quite a bit of money for, bought in a store, you know, Bible, uh, you know, a Christian bookstore, which almost is non-existent yeah, in the day and age we live in. You went to a Christian bookstore. I remember the first Bible I bought. Um, it cost me quite a bit of money, and it, it was some work to get in the Scripture. Then they came out with these uh, cassette ta- tapes of the Bible where you could hear somebody read it. Alexander Scourby was the first one who read only the King James Version of the Bible. 
And now you can get your version app, turn it on anytime you want, listen to the scripture. Um, I remember getting a, 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 the very first Sony Walkman so I could hear the word as I worked instead of one of those $19, you know, little cassette players that you hit the button and you stuck behind your head (laughs) on the seat of the truck when I drove the truck and tried to do it while I worked. Um, It's different today. But uh, the, the pr- how precious or valuable the Word of God is has not changed. It's just so much easier today to fill our hearts and lives with the Word. You can listen to any teacher from anywhere in the world share the gospel today, uh, the greatest teachers that have ever taught the Word. Uh, you can listen to them, even some of the older ones that, you know, you can go back and read the works of Spurgeon and, you know, anybody you want, anytime you want in the world we live in today and really easy access. And I think in some ways it maybe has caused me, and I won't speak for anybody else, to take for granted how important or valuable this word is. Absolutely. I agree with you, Pastor Dan. The word of God is what has changed my life. And here's the thing. A lot of great teachers, you know, I've listened to great teachers. I still listen to great teachers. Um, but here's here's a risk that I think that we see in, in the world that we live in today with people who are, who are seeking to walk with the Lord is that it's easy to listen to a lot of teachers mm. and they'll speak some good things. But my life hasn't been changed by what a teacher said. My life has been changed by what a teacher said and then what I went and found in the word mm. to, to cement that and build it in me and let the word of God speak to me. Um, that's so important that the word of God is speaking directly to me. God wants to speak directly to you. He doesn't want it all coming through, you know, an intermediate person teaching the word is so important. We're Bible teachers. Uh, we, we carry that weight, um, uh, to do it well. Um, but the most important thing I want to share with people is not what I saw in the scripture, but that they would get in the scripture and see it too. Yeah, there's a, ver- a line in Scripture, I don't remember where this verse is, but it says, let every man be fully convinced in his own mind. And uh, it's one thing to believe based on what you said. It's another thing to believe based on what God said, and I believe what God said in that situation. And I think there's a, there's a big difference between trying to stand on, for example, there were some guys in Scripture that tried to cast out demons in the name of this Jesus whom Paul preaches. Mm. You know, you can try that, and you might leave the room beaten and naked, uh, losing, in other words. Or you can learn for yourself and and take what you hear and like the uh, the uh, Berean Christians who were more noble who searched the scripture to see if it was true or not yes and that's when Paul was preaching he kind of got ran out of one city but when he got to the next city it said they were more noble and the reason it said they were more noble is because they just didn't get mad at him because it didn't agree with what they said or they didn't just jump on board with them because they thought it sounded good they went to the scripture and sought out to see if what he said was true or not and they were called more noble because they did exactly what you said with the scripture so I'm just sharing some things to verify what, what Pastor Mark just said Well, and Paul even says here, and this is the conversation that we're having right now is not exactly the context of what Paul is talking about, but I think verse five is still applicable. Me too. Each one shall bear his own load. What is, what is he saying before that? Verse three, if anyone thinks himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceives himself, but let each one examine his own work. And then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another for each one shall bear his own load. And what I think that means is that we're accountable for our own like you're, absolutely, Paul. You know, 
I don't know exactly what it's going to look like when we stand before uh, the Bema Seat of Christ. But what it's not going to look like is is God's not going to say, uh, Dan, Mark failed. Yeah. What, what's your problem? Yeah. That's not on you. Yeah. No. That's on me. Yeah. Or Mark succeeded. Yeah. You know, no, yeah. no, that's not my deal. My deal is between God and I alone. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely, brother. I couldn't agree more. And it even goes, uh, goes a little bit further when it says, let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Yeah. It's going back to, to that thing of saying, hey, you know, you're, you're going to be responsible. Uh, you're also going to be responsible for helping others bear one another's burdens, what scripture says there, so so fulfills the law of Christ, but you're not going to, you're not going to get there and go, well, you know, but I helped Mark, so can I, you know, get in? Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, yeah, you helped Mark, but you're still, you think you're something for that? You got to stand on what you believe and you will stand or fall on what you believe, you yeah. know, and when you get to heaven, there's one answer you need to give. Amen. Jesus. Yes. And one answer, one word answer, Jesus. And if your answer has got anything else in it, you try to add anything to it, it's the wrong answer. And that's it's, what this whole book has been about. It's, it really has been. Uh, yep. I agree. This, this chapter, chapter six, really, I, I see Paul just summarizing, <laughs> you know, he's, he's made his point and now he's summarizing it. And I, and I love how he, how he kind of closes things up as he gets toward the end. He says in in verse uh, 12 and, and following, as many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh, these would compel you to be circumcised, only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. Mm. For not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. He's talking about religious people trying to make you be religious um, so that they can have a following. Same problem that they had when they crucified Jesus. They were mad that he was taking their following. Um, but Paul's saying, look, I, I, guys, I, I've said all through this letter that it's not about adding anything to Jesus. It's Christ alone, and it's Christ or nothing, and he's just repeating that here. Look, don't get caught up in this idea, and it's kind of a twofold admonition. Don't be tricked and misled by religion, and don't be religious. Absolutely. And it actually <laughs> says, for even those who are circumcised, uh, not even, excuse me, those who are circumcised keep the law. Yeah. Basically, what he's saying here is he's saying, look, they're telling you to do it, but they don't. And, you know, it's sort of like, don't do as I say, you know, don't do as I do, do as I say, that old thing where parents try to teach their kids through words and not actions. It's the same thing with religion. And here's the truth. If you're living a religious life and putting on a facade, or as the Bible called it, you know, being that hypocrite, the actor, you're acting the part but not living the part, I just want you to know people see through you. You may not think they see through you, but they do see through you. And, uh, you know, God, if people don't, God for sure does. Yeah. And just give that up. And give in to the to the glorious grace of God. Give in to the love of God. Give in to what Jesus did for you. And instead of trying to stand on your own accomplishment or your own ability to even follow the word of God, uh, you're not saved because you keep the word. You're saved because of what Jesus did on Calvary. Now, if you believe that, that's going to help you keep the word. That's going to help you walk out. Uh, what the Bible says. I tried for a long time to change a lot of things about my life and was unable to until I gave up and gave in to Jesus. And then the things I couldn't do, God was able to do through me. Like Paul said, it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. That's just not for the good parts. That's to help you not do the bad parts too. Yeah. yeah. And I, <clears throat> with the, the person you're describing, Pastor Dan, I, I feel honestly... Just I want to just say, gosh, you're 
you're striving so hard. Mm, yeah. And I, and it makes me sad. You know, there, there's times when religion is frustrating because you don't want to see people led astray. But that, but that person who's just struggling with religion and who's carrying that facade and trying, that facade is heavy. You know, you're carrying this thing, you're carrying this mask, and the fact is it weighs a ton, mm. and it's just wearing you out. Come but on. Jesus said, man, my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. If you would just put down that facade and just let yourself be real with me and with others, gosh, you'll feel so much better. Your life will have so much less weight attached to it. You'll be able to walk and not grow weary. You'll be able to run and not faint, like it says in the Psalm. Like, I just, I wish people understood the weight that they were carrying. It just isn't necessary. And it's just, it's a deception that's designed to wear you out, whereas God has called you to rest. He's called you to to be at rest with him because he's at rest. (laughs) He's not striving to carry your load. Jesus already carried it. I just want to encourage you. You know what? Don't be deceived. <laughs> Let that mask down. It's just, it weighs too much. You know, we were talking about acting religiously. Um, and it says in the beginning of the chapter, it says, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. You know, that's a that's a real trap. Um, and when we get judgmental and we get religious toward people who are struggling, Come on. you know, maybe you're struggling with a, with some sort of behavior or an addiction or a thought process, whatever that is. And if, and if instead of being gentle and bringing grace, uh, I begin to judge you, and then I begin to consider myself something, uh, verse uh, 3 says, I begin to consider myself something when I'm nothing. I begin to look down my nose at you because I'm not struggling with what you're struggling with. Man, the cliff is at hand. I'm about to fall off. That's right. Yeah. When you judge someone else, uh, this this may not be uh, agreeable to everyone, but the Bible says, judge not that you be not judged. You know, and then it goes on to say, for when you judge another, you will be judged with the same measure of judgment. And I think what happens when you judge someone for what they did wrong without offering them mercy, without offering them the life of Christ, the forgiveness of Christ, you then bind yourself to their their sin, their judgment. You always look at people and say, oh, that was rotten gossipers. Oh, you know, da, 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 da. You know, before long, when you say those rotten gossipers, what are you doing? Talking about others. Wow. And you begin to fall into the trap of what you judge people for. And so... I would just really encourage you, be super careful. You do not, you know, offer judgment without mercy. It's nothing wrong with saying something's wrong. That's not what this is talking about. Because we all make judgment, the word krino, in the Greek, simply means to decide. And we do decide if something's right or wrong. And if you're going to help somebody uh, at at times in their lives, you're going to have to, if you've ever raised children, have to tell them right from wrong. But unless you're an abnormal parent, when we teach our children right from wrong, we don't do it without mercy. We don't do it with a harsh judgment that throws them out or gives up on them. We do it because we love them and want to teach them the way to go. So we share what's wrong, but we do it in love, offering them mercy so that they can find the right way to go and be in a great place. Not because we never did it wrong, but because we probably have done it wrong and we know how much it could hurt or how much it can bother someone. And so there's a whole different way of looking at that. Judging is not wrong. Judging without mercy is wrong. 
And so yeah. take it from there, Bob. That's a great word. And so I, I actually uh, give you an example. I was having a conversation recently with someone who um, their words have been hurtful to another person. And what I was able to, I was able to call that and say, listen, your, your words have had a negative effect in this other person's life. But what did I, so I could have left it there, you scumbag, <laughs> you know, but I, but I was able to go on and say, but listen, the same power to tear down is the power to build up again. Yeah. And you can, so then you can take that, you have the power to have worn this person down with your words, but by the spirit of God, you have the power to build this person back up. So you have not, you're not like, you know, you've, you've, you've failed, you've blown it. No, you can turn that thing around and you can do something amazing. I was something else I was thinking about uh, in verse three. Um, you know, I think you could probably attest to this pastor. And I know I've been there. You get to a place where you receive Jesus and you're so grateful and you begin to walk in it and you begin to see the amazing effects of the spirit of God in your life. But then, uh, before long, you, all of a sudden you start thinking that it was you, <clears throat> you, you know, you, and, and it's subtle. It's not like you just woke up one day and you're like, I'm awesome. Just all of a sudden, though, <laughs> you, you look back at your life and you go and you just you have this idea that everything's going well and you had something to do with it. Mm. And that's I've been there and I've had to receive correction many times and I'm sure I still will. Um, you start to think that what the amazing things that the kingdom of God is producing is you and you start to think something of yourself and you're just you're in deception. And it's absolutely being quick to bring that back around and just give glory to God at every moment is, is a safe thing. It's not only the right thing to do, it's safe. Yeah. Because if you're not doing that, you're setting yourself up. Well, I think you, everybody needs to just acknowledge right now that we all have, uh, I'll call it a five amp fuse. You know, uh, you know, we use circuit breakers now, so it's different. You might have a 10 amp or a five amp or a 20 amp or 40 or 60 amp circuit breaker and power is going through it. And as long as that circuit breaker doesn't give way, power will flow. But if there's a tiny short somewhere, you blow that circuit breaker and all power is cut off at that point. What we need to acknowledge is though we are new creatures in Christ and though God has perfected all things that pertain unto life and godliness concerning us, we still in our flesh and of ourselves fall short in our own lives. And if we ever get the idea, the Bible says, if any man thinks he stands, let him take heed lest he falls. The Bible also says that God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. How does God resist the proud? Well, if I was uh, able to paint this picture, and it's hard, but I'm going to do it here in the radio studio and kind of describe it. I've taken a pencil, and I am put it on the paper next to me, and I'm holding it up vertically with one finger. This pencil is now standing because my one finger is holding it up uh, on the paper, and it's the only thing holding it up. If I take my finger away, it falls. How does God resist the proud? He, he, he fails to hold them up. If God does not hold me up, I fall. Yeah. That's the truth about my life. And there's no if, ands, or buts. And if you get in pride and think you're all that, what happens is God resists the proud by stop holding you up. And the moment you humble yourself in the sight of God and say, it's you, and this has helped me in my life, is to when you get up, Every morning say, this is the day the Lord has made. Yes. I will rejoice and be glad in it. When you first thing you do is acknowledge that the day is a gift from God. 
and that he is the one who is in charge and that you're going to honor and worship him. It's a great way to start your day. And, and then you might not get in the position where you think you're all that in a bag of chips. Yeah. Uh, because once you think you're all that in a bag of chips, the grace of God then is not upholding you and you can fall flat on your face pretty quick. Well, and the picture is, is just as silly as if that pencil thought it was holding itself up. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's literally that silly for us yep. to think that we're holding ourselves yep. up, man. There's that, you know, and Paul says in verse 14, he says, God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. Mm. by whom the whole world has been crucified to me and I to the world. You know what? God forbid that I should boast in anything other than the cross. I mean, the cross is what makes the difference in all eternity. Paul, is, as we're summarizing the book of Galatians, mm. nothing else matters except the cross. If the cross hadn't mattered, if the cross hadn't happened, then we'd still be stuck in religion. We'd still be stuck in our dead works and in our trespasses. But if we can boast in anything, we can boast in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do I have uh, a, a faithful wife? Praise Jesus for the cross. Do I have healthy children? Thank God. Praise Jesus for the cross. Do I have a, a great job? Praise Jesus for the cross. You know, do I have a, a circle of people around me uh, that are lifting me up and building me up and encouraging me? Praise Jesus for the cross. You can take anything in your life and look back at the cross and go, thank you, Jesus. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing covers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing, for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. For 30 years, Cabern Air Conditioning has proudly served the Space Coast area. Honest, professional, and reliable, and customer satisfaction is their top priority. Whether it's repairs, maintenance, or it's time to upgrade your old system, Cabern Air will take care of it. 321-784-0127. That's 321-784-0127. Or visit them online at cabern.com. Pineapple Garden Assisted Living Facility, located in the Rockledge Vieira area. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved one is safe and secure. Please visit us today by going online at pineapplegarden.com or call 321-405-CARE. Welcome back to the show. This is Those are great points, Mark, about getting our focus on Jesus and off of ourselves. The other thing I'll say is that uh, we can focus on the other as well, the other person here. And that's what this is saying. The two sides of this coin that, that I believe uh, Paul's trying to get out in Galatians is, you know, get your focus on the Lord's ability and get your focus on someone else. Bear one another's burdens. And when it says here, brethren, if a man is overtaken in a trespass, you who are spiritual, not religious, but spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Again, I think that's a warning. When you judge others for things, 
you can be tempted to the very same thing. So be careful with it. But I love the picture here. This, when it says, if a man's overtaken, the word there is like caught, like caught in a trap. Mm. And then it says to restore. The picture here is like someone's got a bone out of joint. And if you've ever seen someone or, or had it happen to yourself, I dislocated my thumb once. And, uh, when that is out of joint, there is no focus in your life except on that thing going on. It's only my thumb, but I didn't know I had another body part yeah. at that point in my life. Everything went there, and when it was put back into place, someone who knew what they were doing helped me, Amen. And, and, and relief almost came immediately. Treat people with kindness that are hurting. Treat people with kindness that have fallen short. Offer them the love of God in spite of even what you can see happen around them that might make you angry or frustrated. They still need love because they are really hurting. Yeah. God bless you guys. Have a great day. See you, Pastor Mark. Yes. Bye. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.